The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Um, how am I now? Well, your Montreal Canadiens lose to the Dallas Stars by a score of 4-3 to three in overtime. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I gotta tell you, I am a little bit pissed off today at the refs. At the refs, and we're going to get to that. I want to get to the recap real quick because I got a lot to talk about after the recap. Um, pretty great start to this game overall from both sides. It was an exciting start, uh, a lot of back and forth, high paced game. I was really enjoying this one, honestly. Habs got a power play early. They should have gotten a five on three because Yoel Armia got high sticked about two feet away from the net, and the refs don't call it. There's your first problem of the night from the officials, kind of setting the tone for the officiating for the night. Uh, and, of course, they don't get the 5-on-3. They also don't score on the power play. Actually, that first power play was a little bit weak by the Montreal Canadiens. But anyways, um, a lot of back and forth in that period. Um, really good. I think the Stars had more shots. I think it was 11-7 to at the end of the first period. But overall, pretty back and forth. Of course, the Stars are the ones who strike first very late in the period. Radic Faxa gets a tip at the side of the net. Shame for the Montreal Canadiens because it was a pretty good period and Jake Allen was playing pretty well in his uh, return to action. one nothing for the Stars at the end of one. Gallagher, Brendan Gallagher that is, gets hurt in the second period on a cross-check. No call. He did return to the game, so not a big deal. Uh, but they do call interference completely separately from that against the Stars. So the Habs get a power play and this time they look much, much better. Cole Caulfield on the left-hand side of the ice. Nick Suzuki goes a beautiful cross-ice pass over to Caulfield. He puts it in 1-1. Later on in the period, they ignore yet another high stick, this time on Arturi Lekkonen. Gets high-sticked right in the face, and I have a gif of it up on my Twitter account. You can go take a look at that. You can see, I think it's Kelly Sutherland, the ref, staring at it. Literally staring at the infraction and refusing to call it. So that one drove me absolutely nuts. <clears throat> And then, of course, not long after that, they called an innocuous trip against Joel Edmondson. It was a trip, but, you know, if right after you ignore a high stick like that, you can't call that trip. Not the issue. The issue is that they're not making the calls that they should make. Absolute bullshit. Jamie Benn, of course, scores in tight on that power play to make it 2-1 to one for the Dallas Stars at the end of the second period. Now, we go into the third period, and again, this game was great for the teams. The teams on the ice were great. The officials, not so much. Teams on the ice, fantastic. We get some four-on-four -four action near the midway point of the period. The Habs had seven fucking guys on the ice uh, during a delayed penalty call against the Stars. I don't know how that happened, 
but they had seven guys on the ice for a bit. So I'm not going to get mad at the rest for that call. You can't have seven guys on the ice. Uh, so we get four on four out of that. This time on the four on four off the faceoff, gets around a little bit. Cole Caulfield finds Nick Suzuki this time in the middle, and he just tucks the puck around Jake Uttinger and makes it two to two. Absolute dynamite between Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki in this game. And we got a tie game. And then, not too long after that, Corey Schooneman, the Laval Rockets standout, getting his opportunity in the NHL, gets it at the point, absolutely destroys that puck. Destroys it. Beautiful shot. Very subtle wind-up. Didn't really sell that he was going to shoot. Just quick wind-up, clapper, in the net, 3-2 to two for the Montreal Canadiens with seven minutes to play. But of course, John Klingberg gets it back. Fires one low from the top of the circle. This one, Jake Allen probably wants that one back, uh, but he's not getting it back. It's 3-3, and we're going to overtime. Again, a really good game by the teams on the ice. The refs just doing their absolute best to ruin this thing. Some more bullshit near the end of that period before we even get into overtime. Clear-cut interference by Ryan Suter in front of the net against Laurent Dauphin. They don't call that. But they do call Yoel Armia, again, for as he's going in on the forecheck, accidentally getting uh, Ottinger with his skate, skate and tripping him, and they call it goaltender interference. So it's like, oh, you know what interference is. You, you know what the word interference is. You know the, the, the hand signal that you have to make for it and everything. You know how to skate over to the fucking box and tell the timekeepers what you're calling, but, but you can't call it half the time, right? You only call it when you feel like calling it. That's my problem. So the Habs have to start overtime four on three, or three on four. They have three guys, Stars have four. We're still killing off the tail end of that penalty. Now, the Habs managed to kill it off, and then we get some more interesting back and forth, really high pace to it. Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki looking great again. Habs get a power play of their own. Klingberg this time takes a hook against Mike Hoffman. Habs have a full two-minute power play. They can't score on it. They were buzzing. They were all over the Stars just couldn't get it in the net and then with nine seconds left on the clock Klingberg scores on a rebound gets it through Jake Allen but there's a challenge the Montreal Canadiens challenge for goaltender interference and when you look at the replay it is very clear that Tyler Seguet basically stick lifted Jake Allen preventing him from being able to make a play at the puck but guess what the refs do or the situation room I don't know who made the call the rest were sitting there staring at a goddamn tablet, so I'm pretty sure it was their call. They allow the goal, and the Stars win. So there's a lot of officiating problems in that game. Let's start with the goaltender interference, or lack thereof, at the end of the game. What is goaltender interference? I'm legitimately asking that question. I, I would like to know. I'm honestly wondering. If, if anybody has a, a better idea than me. Because I'll tell you, I, I watch 82 Montreal Canadiens games a year, plus whatever other games uh, are, are, are on when I have time to watch them. I have no idea what it is. I don't think the NHL has any idea what it is. Tyler Sagan is basically stick-lifting Jake Allen on that overtime goal. Are you allowed to do that? Because if so, shouldn't that be a strategy that most teams employ? Shouldn't you just take your biggest net front presence guy, have him stand in front of the net, and tell your defenseman, hey, shoot five hole, because I'm going to lift a stick. It would be pretty fucking effective. It was pretty effective. You know? 
how are you allowed to do that? Is that not goaltender interference? I've seen goals. I've seen goals scored by the Montreal Canadiens get overturned for less. I've seen goals scored against the Montreal Canadiens get overturned for less. I've seen goals scored by and against other teams get overturned for less. How are you as a coach in the National Hockey League supposed to confidently challenge anything under threat of taking a penalty when you have no idea what decision they're going to render? We were sitting there talking about it in the EOTP chat, and I was like, that's not a goal. We, we all seemed to agree that it wasn't a goal, and then they call it a goal. At first, we didn't think there was enough to challenge, and then once we got a better look at the replay, we went, oh my god, that shouldn't be a goal. Nobody has any idea. They don't have any idea. The officials, that is. I legitimately wonder if they just flip a fucking coin every time one of these happens. And they go with, oh, well, uh, we're picking tails today. If it's tails, it's a goal. If it's heads, it's not. I don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. And how can you legitimately expect these coaches to confidently challenge anything when they have no clue what direction it's going to go in? There's no precedent, right? You could have two identical plays one night and then the next night you could have the exact same identical goal and they could make two different calls. That's how inconsistent they are with this shit. They really have to fix it. They have to take a look at it. uh, I don't know, maybe over the summer, sit down and legitimately come up with like a, a course that people have to take before they can work NHL games and figure out what is interference and what's not. Because right now, it's so unclear, it's not even funny. And then you get into the calls, right? We're, we're, we're talking about a review at this point. When you get into the calls, my God, man. The two missed high sticks were so obvious. They were bad ones, and they were right near the net, so there's no excuse for missing them. Like I said, there's a GIF on my Twitter account from the Lekkonen one where you can literally see the official staring at it, and he doesn't call it. They called, at one point, one of the weakest interference calls I've ever seen against uh, Laurent Dauphin. From the net. It was a bit of a cross-check in the back, but that happens about 800 times a game. If you're calling that interference every time, Jesus Christ, we will never see 5-on-5 five five hockey. Why did you call that? But you didn't call these high sticks. I don't know. I'm asking the question because I legitimately do not know. I think, and I I don't want to allege any kind of direct bias against the Montreal Canadiens, I think that NHL officials have specific biases against specific players, and they have specific biases against specific situations. So they look at a game. When you look at this game between the Habs and the Stars, the order of the penalties went uh, minor to Dallas first, minor to Montreal. Minor to Dallas, minor to Dallas, minor to Montreal, minor to Montreal. Minor to Dallas, minor to Dallas, minor to Montreal, minor to Montreal. And then finally, one minor to Dallas in overtime. And I bet you my next paycheck, if there was more time on the clock, they would have given the next minor to Montreal. They were just trying to even things up all game. They weren't actually trying to call a fair game. That's a problem. Right? You have that. You have them trying to officiate the fucking score all the time. It's like your job is not to try and make sure that things are even on the scoreboard your job is to call the game in front of you dallas committed more infractions than montreal in that game they should have had way more penalties and i'll extend an olive branch too they missed some calls against the habs they did they missed a couple of pretty obvious trips that i saw in the second period that even myself as a Habs fan i went whoa we got away with one there Right? They almost got away with having seven guys on the ice. They had seven guys on the ice for a minute. 
Maybe it wasn't a minute, but it was long enough that it should have already been called by the time they called it. And I don't even think that they were going to call it because they blew it the, they blew it down right as Dallas was about to touch it. Like Montreal had control of the puck. Keep in mind, they had seven guys on the ice while there was a delayed penalty against Dallas. So they were playing with the puck with seven guys on the ice. And four officials because even the linesmen can call too many men. Four officials didn't see that. How how do you work at the highest level of hockey if that can happen? Seven players. Can you count to seven? I don't know if you can. I'm le- Again, I am legitimately asking that question because I don't know if you can. So all this to say, I'm not uh, you know, trying to say that the officials are the reason the Habs lost. Uh, I'm not trying to allege any direct bias against the Montreal Canadiens specifically. I am only and specifically trying to say that NHL officiating is a fucking joke. It's a joke. Do a quick little rewind. Let's go back to the last game against Arizona where the ref was skating out in the goddamn middle of no man's land and interfered with Jeff Petrie and led directly to an Arizona goal. They teach no man's land at minor hockey. Not to skate inside of the fucking face-off dots unless you're at the at the net position when you're down in an end zone and you're trying to get there to see if a puck is crossing a goal line or not. And this moron in the Arizona game is just meandering around like a lost puppy in no man's land. They teach that at minor hockey ref camps. I know. I've been to them. I've ref minor. I've ref junior. I've never made it to the NHL as a ref. Would have loved to. Would have loved to. I, I would love to have a job where I get to make six figures and nobody ever gets to question me. Because, of course, these fuckers don't have to go and sit in front of the media and answer questions about their calls, right? Can't have that. Can't even have players talking about it in their media availabilities. Because if they do, they'll get fined. Big fines. Coaches, they can't do it either. Big fines. We allow this to happen. Poor positioning, poor calls, poor reviews, poor everything. And they have no accountability for it. Zero. But I digress. <laughs> that was a long ref complaint, wasn't it? Anybody who stuck with me, I really appreciate you. Listen, complaining about refs is one of, the, one of my favorite things to do. I love doing it. I'll do it any chance I get. Because I really do not like the officiating in the National Hockey League. And I really think that it needs to be fixed. Stop employing people in their 50s and 60s. How about that? Stop insisting on having ex-players only. How about that? Stop protecting them from any kind of criticism. How about that? Again, I digress. Um, silver lining. I got to give you a silver lining. That was a great game, honestly. Overall, the refs tried to ruin it. It was still a great game. Back and forth. Um, can't fault the Stars for getting the win there. I mean, the Habs could have done better in the power play. But silver lining of the night, uh, I, 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 I'm not even going to give it to one guy. I got to give it to the dynamic duo of Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. They look like dynamite wrapped in C4 and shot out of a cannon since Martin Saint-Louis took over as coach. Unbelievable. I think we knew that uh, that, that those two were going to be very good together at some point. But I think, you know, the first 30, 45 games of the season here under Deschamps, um, it, it looked like maybe a lot less likely that that was going to happen anytime soon. We didn't know, Right. Uh, they were split up a lot as well. And now, 
now like they share a brain man i know it's a small sample at this point but what we're seeing right now suggests that you absolutely cannot ever separate those two they have to play together as long as they're both healthy they play together you find somebody else uh to play on the other wing and i'll tell you something i was talking about in the otp chat during this game joshua Roy. i know what a lot of people are going to say when they hear me say this I think he's going to crack the Canadians next year. I think he might. I'm not going to say that he will. I'm not going to predict it. But I think he might. I've been watching this kid in Sherbrooke. He's unbelievable. And I think he would be the perfect other winger for that trio. Mark my words. If he makes the team, that's what I want to see. I know that's a lot to put on a teenager to say, you're going to go play with the top two guys that we have who are going to be facing a lot of you know uh, tough opposition. But I just think his style fits. He's a very good playmaker, so he can kind of bridge that gap between Suzuki and Caulfield. And he also has a very good shot of his own. I was watching that power play in overtime, the way that they were playing. At one point, they had Caulfield up at the quarterback spot. And I don't think anybody really loved that. I think that that should have really been Suzuki's spot. But realistically, if you ask me, if I had to put anybody there, if I had my choice of anybody in the Canadians organization right now, I would have thrown Joshua Hawaii on that spot. He could run that quarterback spot. And then you can free up Suzuki and Caulfield to do more shooting. They both have great shots. Suzuki still gets to use his passing, and he gets to do that cross-seam pass all the way across to Caulfield, much like he did on the first goal of the night. But up at that quarterback spot, you put Joshua Roy, who also, by the way, is, like I said, a threat to shoot on his own. I don't know. I'm spitballing here. All I'm saying is your silver lining of the night is... This is the dynamic duo, Suzuki and Caulfield, that we were hoping they could become. If this continues for the rest of the season and into next year, the Habs are in good shape. We're stacking draft picks now. Ben Sherratt out the door. We got an extra 2023 first-round pick now. We already have two in 2022. The Habs are going to be able to pick up more players. We can build around this dynamic duo. They're good. They're very good. And if the only thing that we get from this season is finding out how good those two can be together, it's a win, right? It's a win. Now we can stack those draft picks and we can focus on trying to get better for the future. And uh, outside of those two, uh, I thought Jake Allen had a really good game. Um, Got to throw another shout out to Joel Schooneman. Uh, look, man, plugged away with the Laval Rocket. Really deserved the call up that he got. And look, he's making the most of it. I liked Rem Pitlick in the game. Uh, Yoel Armia honestly wasn't bad in that game either. Mike Hoffman wasn't bad in that game. Really, this was not a game to be upset about. The only thing I was upset about was the officiating. But the officiating has been chapping my ass for <laughs> months, if not years. So let's not be surprised that, that, that old Drake got angry about the officials again. What else is new, right? Well, uh, I'm going to cut it off there because we're running uh, over 18 minutes. Over, it's going to be over 19 minutes. So, uh, soirée énorme. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, at Apple Show.